<laughs> hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. We have seen for the last uh, year that those words are exactly what reflects him. And I just have one question for my GOP brethren, for GOP leadership. We have seen this man mock a disabled person. We've seen him call Mexicans rapists. We've seen him say horrible things about Rosie O'Donnell, about Ms. Universe, about Megyn Kelly, about Carly Fiorina. We have seen him pick a fight for over a week with a gold star family. What else do they need to see? And I think that every single Republican is going to have to answer the question, what did you do the day you saw the tape of this man boasting about grabbing a woman's pussy? Okay. All right. We'll Will you please right. stop saying that word? My daughter is listening. Yeah, and you know what, Scotty? You know what, Scotty? Don't tell me you're offended when I say pussy, but you're not offended when Donald Trump says exactly. I'm not running for president. He is. Yes. And I said, okay. So then, don't act outraged and offended when I say the word that you're not offended by the man who you are supporting is saying. Check it out. This is JSC Radio, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Children of all ages. Hey now. Yes, right. I'm back again. My name is Jay Scott Smith. And this is episode 19 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. And clearly, as you can tell from the open, we are keeping it hella classy around here this week. I apologize for having been gone the last couple of weeks. Had a lot of business to take care of, but I am back at you once again. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at J. Scott Smith. Follow me on Instagram at J. Scott Smith. Get at me on Snapchat at, you guessed it, J. Scott Smith. For all your JSC radio needs, you can go to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash J. Scott Smith. I want to thank all of y'all who support the show all of you who hit me up all the time wondering when the next episode is coming, it's here. It's been a hectic couple of weeks. Boy, there's so much to cover, but damn it. As you can tell from the open this week, for the first time ever, really full on in the 19 or the 18 plus episodes that have occurred at this show, we are actually going to dive into the cesspool that is Donald Trump because he has finally made himself relevant enough to this show for me to actually have to talk about him because now he's intruded into the world of sports. So, yeah, you heard Anna Navarro there in the open. 
Anybody who lives in this country, or hell, in other countries around the world at this point, pretty much knows what that's in reference to. And before we go into the sports aspect, and we'll, we'll delve into why this is sports-related, just might as well lay out there why it is that up till now, I haven't really gone all the way in on talking about Donald Trump. Like, I could count on one hand the number of times I had mentioned him prior to this show because, truth be told, this isn't one of those situations where like, oh, stick to sports because anybody who's listened to this podcast clearly knows I do not stick to friggin' sports. It's like the furthest thing quite often. I've, As you can tell, I've done shows that talked about Brexit and did shows that talked about gun violence and the issues of police brutality here in the United States. And hell, I did a show about the damn Gorilla Harambe, for God's sake. So sticking to sports is not strictly a thing around here. It's just that Donald Trump just does something to me viscerally. A lot of people have a visceral reaction to this man. I remember the first time I saw Donald Trump was at WrestleMania 4 when they were holding WrestleMania at one of his casinos in Atlantic City. It might be, I, I'm, I'm not going to fully quote, I got to look this up, but I think it might be the Taj Mahal, which just shut down the other day. Go figure. But that's the first time I saw Donald Trump. He was this rich guy who was owned a bunch of casinos and was hosting WrestleMania. That's all I really knew about him for years, that he was a rich dude who made a lot of money, doing a lot of things, but didn't fully understand the depths or levels to who he was. I wish I had known more about the Central Park Five. I wish I had known more about his being sued repeatedly for racial discrimination in housing. I wish I'd known more about these things. Hell, I wish I knew more about the awful way he treats women, which is which is why we're even doing this. This guy's a scumbag. I mean, we all knew he was a scumbag for a multitude of reasons prior to the tape finally unearthing itself after 11 years. We knew he was a scumbag a long time ago. And for those who were new to the Trump parade, you figured out he was a scumbag when he called Mexicans rapists or when he wants to keep Muslims out of the country, by the way, which is unconstitutional, wanting to round up all these quote-unquote illegal aliens, and I don't like to use that term. Undocumented immigrants is the correct term to use, but he likes to call them illegals which is disgusting. You want to round up 11 million undocumented immigrants, which, as Keith Oberman so aptly put it, is essentially the entire population of that god-awful state of Ohio. He says negative things about everyone from war from war veterans. The dude dissed John McCain's service to the country. I'll get to him in a second, too. He dissed John McCain's service to the country. He said he wasn't a hero because he got caught. A man who found every way possible to not have to go to Vietnam in the draft has the nerve to take all sorts of shots at a guy who did. He attacks service members. He attacks men, women, Muslims, gays. This thing with the tape is not the first time he went in on women. In fact, quite often, all he does is call women fat and ugly and dogs. And he, he said women should be punished for having abortions. And it's just like like jailed. Like, what the hell? 
but yet this man has persevered. And I've made random mentions of him. This man has persevered to the point that somehow, some way, this dude got nominated by the Republicans for president of the United States. And the same Republican Party that is so hell-bent on taking down Hillary Clinton that they are willing to look past a man being a racist, misogynist, sexist. Yes, they are two different things. Racist, misogynist, sexist, xenophobic, ignorant, dishonest, both morally and intellectually. This is a man that they are looking past all this. Because as bad as Donald Trump is, and please don't, under, please don't underestimate this, he's awful. Not just as a political candidate, but as a person. He's awful. As bad as he is, the Republicans are worse. Because y'all knew this about him. You knew it about him a year ago. There are members of the Republican Party who he has straight up insulted to their face that are groveling and sniveling at his feet out of the whole aura of party unity. Guys like Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, the aforementioned John McCain, Paul Ryan. Those are just the four off the top of my head. Mitch McConnell has gotten a few shots from Trump as well. Pretty much anybody who didn't sidle up to him and kiss his ass, he ran all over. For Christ's sake, Ted Cruz, the man accused your father of being complicit in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. But yet, and you've seen the pictures on Twitter, there his sad ass is, sitting there, taking phone calls. McCain, John McCain, this man insulted your service. He's repeatedly insulted service members. He insulted a Gold Star family, and you still stood by him. You still did. Marco Rubio, this man basically stripped you of your pride on national TV, and you still stand by him. I won't even get into Chris Christie because it is what it is. But to stand by this man is one of the most gutless things I can think of. And I don't give a damn what political party you're a part of. A man ain't going to diss me and treat me the way Trump has and I'm still going to get on TV and say I support him. A man ain't going to be as racist and homophobic and xenophobic and sexist and misogynistic and unconstitutional and just flat out inhumane to others and still draw any bit of my support. These people are so hell-bent against Hillary Clinton that they are willing to let this dumpster fire, a guy who sits on a bus with a hot mic, they are willing to look past all that plus this. They are willing to hitch their wagon for President of the United States. They're so craven and so desperate to be in charge, and they're willing to back this guy for president. I moved on her, and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. it I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge news, Sarah. No, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was marriages. And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took her out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. She's your girl's hot as shit in the purple. Whoa! Whoa! Yes, the Donald has scored! Whoa! Oh, my man! Wait, wait, you gotta look at me when Just you get out of your legs. That is very Will you give me the thumbs up? You. you are a piece. You gotta put the thumbs up. You gotta okay. get the thumbs up. Can't be too happy. Else off first? Yeah, let me. It's very funny. You gotta give the thumbs up. There. All right, you and I will walk there. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
Maybe it's a different one. Better not be the publicist. No, it's, it's her. It's yeah, that's her, with the gold. I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. I can do anything. All right, now check this out. Look, just from a pure broadcaster standpoint, I've been a professional broadcaster for 13 years. All right? If I'm anywhere near a studio, my mind is already set up. My mind is already lined up to understand that at any point in time, that mic could be hot. And if that mic is hot, you watch what you say. I'm, I, I'm known to be a little bit of a potty mouth. I'm known to be a little bit profane at times. I don't run from that. I admit that. But if I know I'm going to be on a hot mic or anywhere near a hot mic, you think my ass is going to sit here and say things like this? Maybe it's a different one. Better not be the publicist. No, it's, it's her. It's yeah, that's her. With the gold. I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. I can do anything. Really? Really, dude? And the level of comfort that he felt to say this. And by the way, Billy Bush, I ain't letting you off the hook either, playboy. When this thing jumped off last Friday, he went to the tried and true cover your ass response, which should sound familiar to those of you who remember my Ryan Lochte episode. Our good friend, Billy Bush, tried to pull the, I was young, I was immature, it was 11 years ago card. Which, okay, if Billy Bush, 11 years ago, says this, and Billy Bush is like, you know, 19, 20 years old at the time, I might be willing to let you slide a touch. But then, you know the way Google is set up, I ask, how old is Billy Bush currently? You know what Google told me? Google kicked back that Billy Bush is 44 years old. Let me say that again for those of you who may not have caught that. 44, meaning when he says this in 2005, he's 33 with two children and married for seven years. Bruh, really? You're going to invoke the I was young and dumb and didn't know better? And the only thing worse than that is that there are these, these Trumpites who support him and will carry his water and will co-sign and excuse and pardon any and everything he does. Saying that, oh, well, he, he, it was a different time. It was 11 years ago. He's matured. Donald Trump was almost 60 when he said 60. He's 59 years old. But I digress. That tape, that seemed to be the last straw for a lot of people. Not the racism. Not the numerous examples of sexism. Not the xenophobia toward Muslims. Not the anti-Semitic tweets having white supremacists as actual parts of your delegation, not the hooking up with Breitbart, not the numerous insults toward military members, not all the lies, the fabrications, the mudslinging against your own, your own party, not even Hillary, against his own party. He's attacked them too. 
Not the refusal to release his tax returns. His shady business deals. None of that. It was when he suddenly decided to be 100% pig, unedited, unadulterated toward a, let's just take it there, white woman, that suddenly, that's it. Now I'm done. As my very good friend, the incredible journalist Tanzina Vega of CNN put it, it's interesting that a lot of these Republicans didn't suddenly start jumping ship on Trump until he finally turned it on a white woman. Because he's gone after, and it has to be a particular white woman, because he went after Rosie O'Donnell years ago, and people were cool with that. Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, but I've got a daughter, I've got a sister, I've got, I've got, I've got little girls. I'm a, I couldn't imagine someone talking to my mother like that. Dude, and we'll get into this in the second part of this show, but for Trump to blame that and call it locker room talk, locker room talk, look, man, I've been in locker rooms since I was 10, either as an athlete or as a reporter. I'm not going to sit here and say that the locker room is like the most cultured place in the world, all right? I'm not going to sit here and act like the locker room is a place where everybody keeps it clean and the old golly gee willikers, but I am going to shoot straight with you. I've heard some idiotic things in locker rooms. I've heard some crass things in locker rooms. I've heard some crude sexual things in locker rooms. We talk about crazy shit in there. The, the, the thing that Trump was doing there, though... Nah, bruh. Grab her by the... <clears throat> really? Really, dude? That's not the type of thing we talk about. And that's sure as hell not the type of thing we talk about if there were even a chance a hot mic is sitting out there. But since you decide to bring sports into this and bring the locker room talk shenanigans into this, that's what the second half of this show was going to be about. Donald Trump has interjected himself into the locker room in more ways than just one. And coming up after this break, we'll talk about that, but not with the type of gutter locker room language, quote-unquote, that he uses. We're going to talk about this in a very measured and grown-up manner. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and you're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio, and we'll be back after this. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio. And I want to personally take a second to thank you for taking out your time to listen to this show. But one other thing I would love for you to do while you're here is to take a little extra time and click on that Amazon link below the player. See, when you click on that Amazon link below the player, Anything you purchase, and you don't have to purchase anything right now, but just bookmark it, save it to your favorites, and the next time you go on Amazon to purchase whatever it is, whether it's, I don't know, computer equipment, or music, or you could be trying to buy a watch, or buy a suitcase, or buy a new microphone in case you want to start podcasting. Whatever you want to do that, click on the Amazon link, go buy whatever you want, and whenever you purchase something on Amazon, a little bit of it gets chipped off to help JSC Radio keep rocking, keep rolling, and keep growing. So again, click on that little Amazon link right beneath the player. You'll see it. It's highlighted right beneath the player. Save it to your bookmarks. You ain't got to buy nothing right now, but the next time you want to jump on Amazon and put your Amazon Prime to use. And also, it will definitely work if you want to download music and download Amazon Video too. A little bit of money gets shipped off to JSC Radio to help 
keep us moving. Really appreciate it. So show some love, get on Amazon, and click the link. This is JSC Radio. Uh, let's, 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 let's work through this. Let's work through this. Two things about that locker room excuse. Uh, first, they're conflating sex talk and sexual assault talk, all right? Trying to make Trump's comments sound normal is not something that they're achieving, because I'm sorry, that is not normal. There is a big difference between saying dirty words and glorifying non-consensual sexual contact. Not every guy has these conversations. No, that's a crime. That's a crime, there is a big difference. People are like, oh, come on, guys talk dirty. Yeah, guys talk dirty, but guys are not all having conversations about sexual assault. It feels like more people are focused on, he said pussy. It's not about that. It's about him saying he forces himself on women. You tell me what's worse. A guy who says, uh, last night I dined with a lovely lady and I immediately afterwards I escorted her back to her residence and proceeded to caress her genitals despite her lack of invitation. <laughs> oh, oh, is this one worse? Oh man, last night I was rolling with this bad bitch and I was like, yo, you gonna let me smash that ass? And she said no, and I was like, okay, no pussy for me. <laughs> Which one is worse? Which one is worse? Now don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Neither of them is ideal, but one of them is crude and the other is against the law. There's a big difference. It's not just, oh, locker room talk, locker No, it's not just locker room talk. Oh, and by the way, Trump can try to excuse his behavior by calling it locker room talk, but you realize he wasn't in a locker room. He was at a TV interview. If you conduct locker room talk everywhere, it's not the locker room, it's you, mother It's you! This is JSC Radio, welcome back. J. Scott Smith here. Remember, you can get at me on Twitter, at J. Scott Smith. Instagram, at J. Scott Smith. Snapchat, at J. Scott Smith. SoundCloud, at J. Scott Smith. You know where to find me, damn it. This is the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. I want to thank everybody who subscribed to the show on iTunes, everybody who's checking the show out on Stitcher Radio. In case, as the promo said, if you don't have an iPhone, or even if you do, and you have an Android, and you want to check us out on there, be sure to do it. I would say be careful having us on Samsung phones because it can get kind of hot no matter where you go. Take me on the go. It's JSC Radio, wherever you want to go. So, yeah, want to thank Comedy Central for the sound, by the way. And, um, yeah, Trevor Noah kind of laid it out there pretty well in a lot better form and fashion than I could about this balderdash, this poppycock, this bollocks, about locker room talk coming from one Donald Trump. Now, see, again, I've I've stayed away from bringing Trump up into any subject matter of this show because not even to say I don't want to get political, it's just that Donald Trump just brings the whole mood of the room down. Any civilized individual, whether you're black, white, Democrat, Republican, Trump in the room ruins the damn mood. There had to be something said, though when he decided to invoke, quote-unquote, the locker room. And he kept saying it over and over again. He says it with this authority as if, judging from how he's built, he's been in any sort of locker room in the last 15 years or so. Now, again, that's not to say that some pretty rugged, off-color, and vulgar things don't go flying out of a locker room. Trust me, I've heard a bunch. But to be talking about grabbing her by the, nope, that's not what's happening. That's not the type of thing that's going on in any locker room I've covered or any locker room that I've actually sat in after working out. Just doesn't happen. Or I just haven't heard it because I've had headphones in. Something is going wrong with the system. But I wasn't the only one who took great offense and great issue with Donald Trump continuing to 
invoke the locker room into his shenanigans. Let's go up and down the list of what pro athletes have said. Let's start with Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. Not exactly a brother you want to step to and correct, by the way. Quote, I don't know what locker room he's been in. And no, I didn't appreciate it, to be completely honest. That's not our locker room talk. Now, I don't know Trump very well at all, but I don't know who he's played for the last couple of years to even say he's been in anybody's locker room and had those kind of conversations. It, it continued. Then you go to Cleveland Browns wide receiver Andrew Hawkins. It didn't sound like any locker room that I've ever been in, so maybe that's just a phrase. But he, oh, these aren't the only guys. Retired NFL players like Dante Stallworth and Chris Cluey and Michael Irvin. It does get raunchy in the locker room. It does. But let's not act like talking about sexually assaulting a woman so happily in public. That don't happen very often. But I will at least listen to what a measured response is. That comes from former Major League pitcher and now current television analyst Ron Darling. Every repugnant thing you can think of has probably been said in the clubhouse at some point. The thing about that is, it's the lowest common denominator. So it's the person with the foulest and worst mind and mouth that becomes the loudmouth in the clubhouse. A lot of times, clubhouses get associated with that person, and it's a shame. It's why I chose personally, if my mom heard me say things like that, she'd beat the shit out of me. Yeah, see, there you go. It's Here's the thing. I was a baseball player and a football player, and I ran track. I changed clothes in locker rooms. Yeah, some grimy things are said. But there's a limit to this sort of thing. Doc Rivers, head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. They're demeaning to women. They're bad comments. You know, I think when people throw out that word, locker room talk, there's nobody talking like that in the locker room. Is there swearing in the locker room? Yeah, every other word. But there's nobody demeaning. There's players in our locker room with sisters and wives and daughters. That's not the type of talk in anyone's locker room. Go to college football. Hugh Freeze, the head coach at Ole Miss. We're working hard on our young men, understanding that women are priceless and should be treated as such. Shane Battier said the locker room issue shouldn't be limited to conversations athletes have among themselves. Be it right or misguided in the locker room, it's probably one of the last places people feel safe expressing themselves without fear of judgment or backlash. To even suggest that locker rooms are barren of such talk is kind of silly. But the one thing that's happening in locker rooms that's not just simply put locker room talk, one type of locker room talk that is slowly but surely shredding up NFL locker rooms is Donald Trump. Because out of the four major leagues of sports in the United States, it's easy to say that the NFL is probably the whitest and most conservative. Just look at the way the NFL handles itself. The fact that they're still fining players for smiling and celebrating and not wearing the right color socks. You know, silly things like that. The NFL, which for some bizarre reason took 30 years to do something about concussions, but they couldn't wait to change the extra point because they wanted to add more excitement to the game. You want to add excitement to the game? Really? How about you allow these players to express themselves and show up a little bit and show off a little bit after they score a touchdown? How about that? That'll add some excitement to the game. Instead of making a kicker kick an extra point from the 40, that's not exciting. That's stupid. Making sure both teams get the ball in overtime. That's not exciting. It's weak sauce. I've always had an issue with sudden death overtime. That issue is, is I love sudden death overtime. Can't play defense. You don't deserve to get the damn ball. Go get it back. But that's another story for another day. Donald Trump has become that irritating rash that you just can't seem to shake. I go to this Mike Freeman story that 
popped up last week about how Donald Trump is tearing apart NFL locker rooms. And I'm going to quote certain parts of these things here. And I'll go to the start of it right now. Six months ago, Rex Ryan, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, stood before a roaring crowd and gave a pep talk. Now, it's not an unfamiliar scene for the Bills head coach, except for the suit and tie. Well, that and the subject of his four-minute speech, Donald Trump. Quote, there are so many things I admire about Mr. Trump, but things I really admire about him as well. You know what? He'll say what's on his mind. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Had to, had to kind of get that out of my system there. And so many times you'll see people, a lot of people, who want to say the same thing, but there's a big difference. They don't have the courage to say it. Really, Rex? There are a lot of people who want to say you should ban Muslims from the United States and give religious tests that are totally antithetical to everything this country was founded on? Back in the Bills locker room, however, Ryan's staff was less than impressed with the Republican candidate for president and that their boss was backing them. A Bills player said when he learned that Rex had spoken at Trump's rally, he simply couldn't believe it. Quote, Rex is such an open-minded guy, a really good person. But the fact that he could back someone as close-minded as Trump genuinely shocked me. The player, if you couldn't guess, is black. Some of the African-American players on the team weren't happy about Rex supporting Trump. And it continues. Now, Ryan declined to comment to Bleacher Report, but at least one white Buffalo Bill player, and take a wild guess which NFL player you could think of that would just jump right out in the open and let his Trump flag fly. You guessed it. Richie Incognito, the offensive lineman notorious for a bullying scandal that included racial slurs, has now become a force in the Bills clubhouse. He insists that Trump's winning message has resonated with NFL players who were just like him. Insert your joke here, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this story, which I really recommend you check out. In fact, I'm going to put the link to it in the description of this podcast. So when you really suggest you check it out, admit an increasingly politicized league confronting on-field protests every Sunday, because for the last three episodes prior to this, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick. A straw poll of 40 players by Bleacher Reports showed that 20 of 22 black players would vote for Hillary Clinton. Two out of 22 would vote for Donald Trump. Love to know who those two guys are. But this one is the most telling. 21 white players surveyed. How many do you think are going to vote for Trump? If you said 21 for 21, winner, winner, chicken dinner. The informal survey is in no way scientific. There are some 1,600 players in the NFL. But compare those numbers to recent national polling and an NFL locker room electorate starts to look a lot like America. In NFL voters, 100% white men for Trump, 91% black men for Clinton. In likely voters, 52% white men for Trump, 95% black voters for Hillary Clinton. In a league that's predominantly black and where anything goes banter is encouraged and racial lines can be blurred, and again, this is Bleacher Report, Perhaps the most striking find in the interviews over the course of the general election is what's been left unsaid. Quote, black guys will talk to each other about it. This is Damian Woody, the former Detroit Lion and New York Jet and New England Patriot. White guys may talk about it to each other, but I think the white players will tap dance around it with black players. Well, gee, I wonder why. The locker room normally isn't politically correct. I know from talking to players, things are different when it comes to Trump. And, well, yeah, he's right. He's damn sure right. And that's not just in the locker room. It's everywhere else. 
It's at, it's at my job in the office. It's at other people's jobs. Hell, it's probably at Mickey D's. It's at the gym. Wherever you go, you bring up Trump, it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be a visceral angry reaction or you're going to meet somebody else who doesn't like Trump. And it's like, oh, thank God. So there's one or the other. And those problems were already unfolding across the NFL to begin with anyway. Here's one story, and I think it really kind of sums it up. As Trump became the presumptive nominee, two NFC teammates, a Republican offensive lineman and a Democratic linebacker, began to re-examine their friendship because of Trump. They had known each other for four years. Their wives talked on occasion. Their kids sometimes played together. They sat next to each other in team meetings and went to dinner several times a month. They often joked that politics were off limits because of their disparate viewpoints. And then after their first off-season team workout in May, the lineman revealed he'd be voting for Trump. And everything changed. That linebacker, a Hillary Clinton supporter, began finding excuses not to go to dinner. Family stopped talking. The lineman confronted his now former friend, and he recalls receiving a blunt message. I can't be friends with anyone who would vote for Donald Trump. I'm sorry. It might surprise you with dozens of players following Colin Kaepernick's lead in silent protest against the national anthem, many NFL teams lean conservative. No, not really. And I, I did a story on this a few years ago when I was working for Grio. And a lot of NFL owners are big-time Republican donors. Big time. The guy who owns the Houston Texans, for example, he jumps out. Woody Johnson, who owns the New York Jets, he's another one that jumps out. Jerry Jones is another one that jumps out. They're out there left and right, and they own NFL teams. It's a very conservative league, far different from the NBA, which might have entire teams with black fists in the air during the national anthem this year. It's a different breed. And then of all the teams you can think of, the main one that you really got to worry about are the New England Patriots. Trump is friends with owner Robert Kraft. He got former defensive lineman Fred Smurlis to help raise money for him and counted Matt Light as an attendee at a Massachusetts fundraiser on that same campaign trip. And then there's Tom Brady, who once kept a Make America Great hat in his locker you know, until it became kind of problematic when Trump started, you know, taking a huge Trump all over the place with his comments about, well, everybody. And over time, it's become this hang-up with Brady. He won't fully say he supports Trump. I mean, hell, earlier today, he got asked a question about it, and he literally ran away from the podium when asked about Donald Trump. So even he understands how difficult it is. But there's so many telling things about this in a league that is very much dealing with issues of race and protesting and standing up because that's what Colin Kaepernick has been doing and that's what got so many people's panties in a bunch and caused so much controversy. He refused to stand for the anthem and had his measured reasons to do so. And it's interesting how you're much more apt to get these white players who are out and proud about Donald Trump, but the black players don't feel nearly as comfortable being out and proud for Hillary Clinton. I mean, yes, it's becoming more common, more so in other leagues, like LeBron James and Steph Curry have openly supported Hillary Clinton, as have a ton of rappers and TV stars and everybody else, but you don't see that in the NFL much. And there might be a reason for that. Quote, Black players who might otherwise back a more conservative candidate said they have abandoned Trump because they view him as anti-black. Multiple players cited Trump's embrace of birtherism you know that wonderful story that barack obama despite all proof wasn't born in this country as one of the several reasons they don't like trump quote a lot of black players 
believes saying the first black president isn't really American is, and I quote, racist as fuck. For the most part, though, NFL players have attempted to rise above the divisiveness of the campaign, however divided their workplace environment might have already become. As one starting offensive lineman said, he and his teammates discuss politics every day, and we couldn't be more different and are good friends and joke about all of it. That's an issue with this country, said the lineman, who said he planned to vote for Trump. We can't have conversations anymore. We're too sensitive. It's okay to disagree about things. Look, man, I ain't got a problem disagreeing about something, but the thing is, I think it's easy to agree that demonizing races of people and insulting religions and insulting veterans and insulting women ain't cool. It's not being politically correct. It's just being real, man. Donald Trump has infiltrated every part of our lives for the better part of the last year and a half. He's basically treated this country like a number of women that he's dealt with in his life. He's made unwanted advances and just kind of pushed and shoved his way into our consciousness. And I honestly cannot wait for November 8th when, God willing, this whole thing comes to an end. Even after this whole election ends, there are going to be scars. And there's going to be a lot of sore and angry and hurt feelings. Especially if, hopefully, a certain candidate wins. But it does make you wonder about the future of this country's discourse of whether or not we'll be able to fully recover from this. Not just in locker rooms, but in offices and boardrooms and in neighborhoods and in supermarkets and everywhere else. Because this country is going to need some serious time to heal after November 8th. My name is J. Scott Smith. You've been listening to the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. This is episode 19, which means next week is another milestone, the 20th episode. Yes, damn it, the 20th episode of this wild ride of a podcast of mine. And we will have our third guest on the show. And by far, this looks to be probably the biggest guest that I've been able to get to come and join me on this wonderful program. Her name is Adrian Lawrence. And she just recently made her official debut as a sports center anchor on ESPN. That's right. I got my first ESPN guest coming on here. And she's got an incredible story of how she went from being a pretty damn successful attorney to giving it all away damn near to chase her dream and eventually attain her dream of being on Sports Center. Going to talk about her life. Going to talk about how she got to where she is. Plus, of course, we're going to hit some interesting topics dealing with the legal field and sports. Yep, we're talking athletes in trouble as well, including the current situation with Derrick Rose and the issues with Baylor and so many other things going on in the world of sports next week with ESPN's Adrian Lawrence right here on JSC Radio, the People's Podcast. My name is J. Scott Smith. I'm telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pet spayed or neutered. Don't forget to register to vote. And we are out of here. I'll see you next week for the landmark 20th episode with ESPN's Adrian Lawrence. I'll holla at you next week. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio.